Welcome to the Monday podcast. Well, we come to the last characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit, self-control. And it's an odd one in a number of ways. You'll have seen as we've gone through how, um, as we've looked at the different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, we've always related them back to God. So we thought about the love of God, the joy of the Lord, the peace of God, uh, as well as God's patience his kindness, goodness, faithfulness and gentleness. But self-control? I mean, does God need self-control? Because the word assumes that without it, without it you're out of control. Uh, before um, uh, Paul went through the fruit of the Spirit, uh, he, he looked at the characteristics of the flesh. Uh, human nature, running out of control, it's sinful, excessive worst. An uncontrolled life that lets people give in to self-indulgence and sexual gratification, to pride and gluttony and so forth. Self-control then is definitely something we need, but it's not something that God has to exercise. He is perfect. So why include it in a list of the fruits of the Spirit? Well, because it's one of those things that the Spirit does within us. As we keep in step with him, he enables us to control our sinful desires. I love Formula One racing. The highlight for me is to just see those powerful cars hurtling around the track at Monte Carlo. The engines creating massive power, so much power that they would be uncontrollable if it weren't for the the fat tyres that glue them to the track. The massive downforce that the fins and the spoilers create. And, of course, the the brilliance of the drivers. Power has to be controlled for it to be safe. Sin has a power of its own that operates against our best intentions. And it quickly gets out of control. It carries us along with it. And so self-control involves effort of the will. It's going to mean hard work. But because it's a characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit... It's an effort inspired and empowered by the Spirit of God himself. We can't do it without him. Those of us who are in any form of Christian leadership need to heed Paul's teaching here more than most, perhaps. Uh, You know, as I do with depressing frequency, the evil one manages to seduce leaders into sexual sin, often to destruction of the ministry that God has entrusted to them. There's always forgiveness and grace where there's true repentance, but the damage done may be irreversible at human level. And the damage done to the name of Christ must grieve God greatly. So often the worst scandals begin with just a momentary loss of self-control or with the the slow failure over time to exercise self-control over one's eyes or imagination. Anger, too, is something that uh, often marks out Christians and leaders. And because it's more socially acceptable, we put up with it. But we shouldn't. Let me ask you, are you in control of your temper? Does it flash white hot at times for all to see? Or, Or does it just smolder internally over a long period of time? 
What about your appetite? We we can all enjoy good food that God provides as a, a blessing to be received with thanksgiving, but drunkenness and gluttony are among the sins the Bible condemns. And again, they're socially acceptable. We ignore them. Do you say no to food? Or do you use it as a place of refuge and comfort? Are you in control of your attitude to others? When others do well or get what you'd like for yourself, can you control the urge to jealousy and envy and selfish ambition? Are you in control of your time? Or do you waste it in laziness or procrastination or lack of self-discipline? You know, perhaps the hardest thing for leaders to exercise self-control over is our tongues. James stresses the importance of leaders keeping control over their tongues because lack of self-control there is a huge cause of damage in Christian fellowship. And that can apply not only to what we say with our mouths, but what we write in emails or tweets, comments or texts. The language that some Christians use with each other and about each other is simply shameful at times. We slander and gossip, backbite and tear down. And James says very, very simply at the end of chapter 3, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. It's interesting that self-control is something that Paul mentions specifically for elders. They're to be self-controlled, upright, holy and disciplined. But then he repeats it. He repeats it in uh, his letters to Titus, where he asks Titus to teach older men and younger men self-control. And he says it's something that older women should teach younger women. In other words, self-control is not something that's specially needed by the young. I think we often think it is. No, it's to be taught and practiced by all ages and both genders. So how can we teach and model this to those we have responsibility for? I wonder if there are areas uh, that you and I are very quick to pick up on with people, but other areas that we, we simply ignore or we're even blind to. Paul ends the chapter by saying this, chapter 5, uh, verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We've been united to Christ, and so we have died to sinful nature. Don't keep coming back to it. Don't keep daily um, stroking it and, and longing for it. No, banging the nails again and again and again. And we've risen to a new life in Christ. So keep in step with the Spirit. The, the word originally was used for marching. We're to march in step with the Spirit. The Spirit says left turn, we don't swing to the right. If he says about turn, don't go straight on. When we talk, and we do, don't we, about being Spirit-led, actually, this is what Paul's got in mind. The way the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives and character, in being the kind of people who bear the fruit of the Spirit. A Hindu professor, realising that one of his students was a Christian, once said to him, if you Christians live like Jesus, India would be at your feet tomorrow. The fruit of the Spirit shows us what that life is like. And the Holy Spirit enables us to live that life. Let's do that together for his glory. 